0: Hello,
1: welcome to From the Rookery End, the day after Christmas and all throughout the Vic. Watford played really well, and he's in Hazard, an absolute, but we'll get to him a bit later on. My name's John, with me is Colin. Merry Christmas. And uh, Jason. And happy Boxing Day. Uh, And Mike is on his way. We've just seen Watford uh, lose, unfortunately, uh, 2-1 at home to Chelsea. Colin, unexpected result? Probably not, but the performance was sort of what we hoped for And after the West Ham result.
2: Yeah, it's very good performance at home on Boxing Day. We played four days ago or three days ago. But, you know, you have to remember with Chelsea, you're playing against some world-class players. You've got Willian, Pedro, and Hazard up front. You've got Kante, who is a superb player and played very well tonight. And you know, you, one has to manage your expectations when we when we play a team like this. But actually. I thought the difference between the two teams was closer than I've seen it, even when we beat them. Mm. And I know we beat them when they were down to 10 men, which does make a difference. Good performance, very well organised, well coached. It was clear that we were going to spend a lot of the time without the ball and Javi had got them drilled and we managed them pretty well in the first half. We made a mistake, which led to their goal. We then hit them, hit back almost straight away, which was unexpected and brilliant. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But yeah, I I think it's a frustrating result more than anything because... You sort of felt there was a draw here. There was definitely a point here. They, they weren't the Chelsea of mm, two years ago when they won the title. They definitely weren't that. They seemed a little bit hesitant, a little bit nervous at times. They, we created some good chances on the break in the first half, which unfortunately we failed to take. One fell to Deeney, A good chance fell to Ken Semmer. We just weren't able to use the moments in the game that can change the match. And then in the second half we were a bit unlucky
1: Jason the uh, Alan are you alright yeah really good happy Christmas Merry Christmas Um, father of the year (laughs) (laughs) if you uh, haven't seen Mike's uh, social media uh, the present he got for his children is amazing Um, Jason though the the team was unchanged from West Ham which uh, you should you know going against what was with everything that was available um, were you surprised that he didn't make any changes against Chelsea
3: not surprised really. I mean, after such a good performance at West Ham, that we've seen this at the start of the season when we were playing well. He kept the same eleven. Perhaps we'd, we'd set up slightly differently to play against a, a bigger team in Chelsea, but not surprised at all to see the same players out there. No,
1: but Ken though, no, Ken to my, big Ken, as you're now calling him, Jason. He's still the one that sort of stands out. Going, you're not quite. What we'd want in that position?
3: Yeah, I, I think I talked about about him when he sort of first got into the sides um, when he played with Keener in the middle, and I saw. Sort of, I think at the time I said we'd maybe get a bit more flair from Keener and and Ken would be something a bit more solid. As I said to you earlier, John, I've sort of changed from calling him Kenzamar to calling him him Big Ken. So I think that suits him. (laughs) What I think he's actually turning into now is Norden Amrabat. We've seen some sort of glimpses of skill from him today. And again, sort of solid, sturdy, using his body. The final ball's not quite there. There's been some times when he's almost sort of rushing his crosses, panicking a bit, not beating the first man, which is a little bit frustrating. and You can understand why... You'd, you'd say he's maybe the the weaker link in that starting eleven.
1: Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of good performances. We'll go through the team in a little bit. But Mike, I suppose the the best thing about. Uh, you know, one of the good things about this Watford team from today, particularly, we did see that continued thing where you know we're we're, we're battling to the end, um, but it's actually reactions to two events. One with Cabacelli, which originally I thought he'd be uh, maybe not fathering some children, but I don't think it was quite that part of him that hit the, the goalpost. Um, and making an early change in such a quick, a quick position, but also how we reacted to that Chelsea goal.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the great thing about this game and this team is that we came to it not expecting a win but knowing we were in with a decent chance and that's what this team is all about. We're not now turning up thinking we can make an, make an upset to cause an upset. Can we keep them? Can we keep them away and then nick one? It's we're in with a chance. We're actually, we're on a level playing field, so to speak, with these guys and yeah, the fact that we can make changes when stuff like that happens is the reason why I think that sort of consistency, that depth of squad, that ability to, offer the players, we've said it all, Along, understanding what Javi wants from them, um, where they fit in, what's expected of them, how they're supposed to supposed to play. So yeah, Cabaselli looked a really, really nasty one on his back, and we saw him carted away, unfortunately, on oxygen on uh, on a stretcher. Uh, sort of twenty minutes after he went off. So so best wishes to him, and hopefully that's just precautionary. But yeah, as you say, we we, we reacted well to, to the injury. Mariapa, we know what we're going to get from Maps, don't you? He, he, he doesn't tend to, to to let us down. And then when the goal went in, it was incredibly frustrating because it came from a mistake, didn't it, in, in midfield—a bit of shilly-shallying in midfield, which we've got to cut out. Teams like Chelsea—and I make Colin right—this is a shadow of the side that's that swept all before them in the Premier League over the last sort of five, six, seven, or eight years in the Abramovich era. Um, sort of their their flair, their fear factor has disappeared with, with Abramovich out of the country, hasn't it? Quite quite frankly. Uh, but to give that goal away, we thought, Ugh, you know, that's exactly what they didn't deserve and we didn't need so to hit back from a really you know, can't overstate the beauty of, of <laughs> not just the, not just the strike, but the the, the ball from Delafeu to to Holobass, the perfect ball in, left-footed from him. I thought Holabas was great, by the way, today. I thought we got we got much better delivery from him today, and then that first-time strike from Pereira. Jeez, what a you know what a goal, absolutely magnificent. And that is kind of that's the best of this Watf- this, this Watford side, the ability to uh, to deal with what's thrown at them and to and to bounce back the disappointing aspect was in the second half when we were undone by that lovely little dink forward and and hazard was the architect of uh, he got absolutely clattered by Foster no, no dispute about the penalty I, I thought we were a little bit disappointing yeah probably I would go so far as to say disappointing after that in terms of in terms of what we created but on the whole i think you take eden hazard out of that chelsea side and we made them look you know made them look pretty ordinary i think a real telling point was that kante didn't get to run it he didn't look like the toughest most impressive m- midfielder on the pitch and, and and I know he's not in the best of form at the moment but I thought we yeah, made I him look
3: look. Just cool. to call out is that because of the way we set up though because we were sort of dropping very deep as we do against the bigger teams we sort of drop a bit deeper and the man getting time on the ball was David Luiz and we were sort of letting letting him have the ball and then sort of crowding Kante out and Louise was looking to as he does sort of play sweeping passes. trying to get the ball wide and Kante wasn't as much involved when he did get involved was when we were chasing the game in the second yeah. half and he was sort of finding space to run into and talk, talking about sweeping balls we've got to cut those out I think
4: you know sometimes Watford were living on their wits a little bit this afternoon when you've got someone like Eden Hazard and he, he is brilliant and it it's to hazard he- to, say, to say he's a joy to watch when he's just beating us at, at home and ruined our Christmas but he really is a different level of play he is elite but we can't afford when you've got players like that Kante is great and all of them really can can turn a game you can't afford to give the ball away those turnovers we can cut those out those sort of long raking crossfield passes when they come off they're amazing but when they don't invariably you're going to be in deep deep trouble and we've seen a few of them this season there are a couple of them today and I think that's just one thing Cut it out. I think they're pretty well drilled. Apart from that, I think they're tactically, as as Jace just said, we to not run, let Kanto run the run the game and let Louise maybe make a mistake is is the best way to do it. So I think having got them set up right today. Cut that nonsense out and be a bit more clinical at the uh, at the other end, and I think we'll be a real, real handful.
2: And we had we had periods of pressure in the game where we put them we put pressure on their defence. I mean, for like good long periods, like five, seven minutes, where we really were able to apply some pressure, and the ball kept coming out and going back out to our fullbacks, and then the ball was coming back in into into the in front of the, uh, the penalty box, and then being passed back out wide, and we were able to apply some pressure. So there is belief in this side and there, and there is a, a togetherness and there is a real spirit and I think that's why we were able to see a performance uh, like tonight and and I think the the consistency of performance from all the players it wasn't like we had three or four players that really stood out and the rest were kind of a little bit below and a couple didn't have a very good game pretty much all 11 are playing at a level which allows us to have a chance as Mike said against the team like Chelsea I don't, I
4: don't want to get carried away with the positivity though because I think that is a missed opportunity tonight I think there was a point there for the taking and I'm disappointed we didn't take it I thought it was a very very peculiar game in terms of atmosphere we said earlier in the week we weren't quite sure how what, at 7.30 the uh, boxing day game was going to feel like and the atmosphere was was quiet the game was peculiar I mean for until they that the, the last little flurry of those two goals towards the end of the first half it was really a pretty poor half of football chelsea weren't at the races they had a couple of chances that they they wasted we weren't looking at our, uh, our sharpest up front e- either so i really do think that there was a point at least there for the taking so whilst I think we're right to, to, to be positive about the side I don't I don't think we ought to go over the top because Colin you said after the Cardiff game I think it was we need to be taking points off the off the top six if we're going to move forward and I, I agree with that I think Chelsea were t- to say they were there for the taking is probably a bit yeah. is, is yeah, pushing yeah, yeah, it a yeah. bit but I'm disappointed we didn't come away with a point I, and I think the boys will be disappointed as well yeah, players, I think, who we don't talk
1: about as much, but did perform really well today. Yeah, Firmino, definitely, he had a, a really good uh, game. Cathcart, particularly, reactions and how he sort of kept things together um, when Caboselli went off. Yeah, they're the boys that maybe we don't talk about as much. Foster, it was his 100th game. Imagine if he scored that goal. He went up at the end of the game and he was miles <laughs> off, but he bloody tried an overhead kick, didn't he? He tried an overhead kick. He goes, I'm going to do it. I'm Roy of the Rovers. It didn't go in, Ben, but you tried your best. Thank you. Colin, though, you were looking forward to a deeney luis rematch. Didn't really
2: happen. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't really there. I don't quite understand how that happened. We were playing <coughs> Deeney and De Feo up front. Now, Rudiger is a lot quicker than Luis, so you think you put the quicker man on Rudiger, which is Delefeo, and then you put the stronger man on Luis. And in the past two games we played them last season, Deeney did a number on Luis because they rely on Luis to bring the ball out. I know in the l- last season they were playing a three, uh, and Luis is probably a better player in the three because he has the freedom to bring the ball out but they still rely on him to link the ball from the keeper because they take, they take this play out from the back thing very seriously Chelsea I mean they, they just, they're just so determined to do it even though every single player is marked by a Watford player they still pass it out but they rely on him to get the ball into midfield and unfortunately today Dini just was with Rudiger the whole time and he wasn't trying to stop Luis. so the, the matchup that I was looking forward to is like can he do it again to Luis? can he take him out of the game can he stop that delivery into midfield didn't happen because uh, for some reason Either Javi felt it wasn't necessary or whatever. But he, so he was with Rudiger and, and uh, their defence played pretty well. I, I thought we contained Chelsea in the first half. I know they got the goal and we scored, but they, they didn't really create a lot of actual clear-cut chances. They had a couple. There was one that came across the box, which Hazard totally missed. And I think there was another one. Mm. But I can't remember Foster making any kind of worldy saves as he has against West Ham and he did against, you know, in, in previous games. Let me talk a little bit about BTB. <laughs> <laughs> which is what we <laughs> big team bias big team bias the Hazard penalty as Mike said absolutely no question about it but the foul on Delafayo. Delafayo is actually in advance of Luis and Luis uses his arm his right arm and he puts it across his body and he goes down now maybe Delafayo was slightly looking for it but I think it's a penalty he uses his arm he doesn't use his, his shoulder he doesn't use his feet he pushes his arm in front of him he reaches out for him and, he, and it's all sort of throat height and and down he goes and it's waved away immediately it's like that's not a penalty now do
1: you not think that you say BTB but do you not think that is Jerry trying to sell it a bit too hard
2: well it it may be but you know uh, Salah got a penalty today (laughs) and literally breathed on him and he went down and got a pen so I don't think, I, I'm not going to be one of those uh, sort of mid-table uh, fans that says, oh, they were always against us. But, you know, we, we've only had one penalty this <laughs> season, one. And we didn't get the one that, uh, against Chalabar. We've had other occasions. And today I thought, I was right in front of it. And I thought, that, that is a penalty. That is a foul. Outside the box, that's a foul. That should be a penalty.
4: And that's the thing. And I think we want to avoid the big team biasing. Yeah, and I think, I think there is an element of it. I think we've seen it all, you know, for a decade with Manchester United. Uh, you, know, you know, just know how it happens. That's, it's human nature sometimes but I think Colin made the perfect point anywhere outside the box and that's a free kick all day long some of the free kicks where there's the gust of wind um, and just what we're crying out for is just a bit of consistency Um, and John I think you make a good point I think Jerry had gone down too easily on at least a couple of occasions before and that plants a seed of doubt you know heaven knows I'm critical enough of other players the more honest you are I reckon the more likely you are to get a penalty Um, and you know (sighs) I don't know. I just think you just want consistency. James, go. I'm,
3: I'm going to go. I'm, I'm coming. In. Mike, you said about if that happens outside the box, I'm still a bit 50-50 on the penalty. The annoying thing is, a few minutes after that, Capoue taps yeah. Louise yeah. on the shoulder and he goes down. He might have even already been going down, yeah, yeah. and the ref's given a free yeah. kick straight exactly. away. So how is how is that a free kick and the other one not a
2: penalty? That yeah. that's the problem but, with the consistency. On the, on the, just just to contradict myself, <laughs> it, if we had if we had VAR. I'm not at all sure that would have been overturned and given as a penalty. No. I don't, the, the, I don't think it's a clear and obvious mistake by the referee.
1: There'll be, there be a thing at match today, a they will say that thing of, well, no, it didn't give him. But I've seen others given like that. I've seen them given for that, you know. And that'll be be, be dismissed. Because, like you say, it's, it's a
2: turning point in the game. Yeah. And if you're Watford playing Chelsea, those turning points are really important. And we didn't get our turning point. Had we got a penalty and scored it, we're 2 1 up. And then the game goes into a whole different mode. I mean, obviously, they would have come at us like, like, you know. <laughs> like the, the Alamo, but but we, we don't know what would have happened. But it's just frustrating. You think, yeah you know that, that that is probably a penalty. It's an eighty-five percent penalty. Well, we
1: uh, we are halfway through the season. There's plenty more opportunities to miss penalties in the coming few months.
3: <laughs> a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the Rookery end.
1: There's a new uh, mini-series of uh, Hornet Heaven out. Uh, There's four episodes that uh, came out just for Christmas uh, which pick up from uh, where Hornet Heaven might have been ended at the beginning of this season after all the Watford love that had been happening. You're the voice of Hornet Heaven, Colin.
2: Uh, It's a a certain team appear in this series. Yeah, so it's, it's a Christmas tradition now that the Hornet Heaven clashes or sort of links with another Heaven. And uh, this year, once again, we have linked up with the lot up the road. There's too much Hornet love. That's the problem. And we're getting the Hornet Heaven is getting overloaded with Hornet love, and it's glitching and it's not working properly. So there's a certain a chap called Ed Ed McBain who managed Watford in the... Mm, Many years ago. Yeah, 40s and, in, and again in the 50s. Yeah. But he had one season managing the lot up the road. And so his time in Hornet Heaven has been blighted by the fact that all the other residents of Hornet Heaven think that he's basically a Luton Town fan. So he comes up with this plan, uh, which I, I can't give you a spoiler, but it, it, basically the four episodes, are, they're really short, they're like 50 minutes each. It's, it's a story of redemption for Ed McBain where he is finally able to reveal his his true heart as a Watford fan and not as a scummer.
1: So here's a quick clip from uh, these four special little episodes which you can now download via HornetHeaven.com or via Google Podcasts or iTunes.
0: In the main part of Hornet Heaven, after a dozen fruitless trips to other Christmas derbies, Bill and Derek walked down Occupation Road with programmes for the Boxing Day 1908 fixture at Kenilworth Road. Bill and Derek went through the turnstile. In the paddock, Derek found himself distracted by the look and feel of the stadium. 1908 was the year he'd been born and he couldn't help feeling nostalgic about the architecture and ambience of football grounds back when he was a young boy on earth. In the early part of the 20th century. The wooden stand was neat and handsome, with the balcony on the roof providing an attractive flourish, and the picket fence had a quaint charm. After a few moments, though, he remembered where he was. What a shithole, sir! Derek! Language! And look at these Edwardian home fans in the genteel finery of their expensive coats and elegant hats, sir. What a bunch of dirty Bedfordshire scuzzballs, sir. Bill grabbed Derek and hurried him along to look for McBain in another part of the ground.
3: From the rookery end...
1: Talking of halfway through the year, we are now officially halfway through the Premier League season. Jason, at uh, our podcast over the summer, when, when England played Sweden, uh, made took us through his predictions for the, the season ahead. Now, Jason, do you know how many points you predicted
3: Watford to be on by this point? We are on twenty seven. Uh, I've absolutely no idea what I do (laughs) what I do know is I got today wrong because I had it down as a sort of dour nil nil draw which I was I was not doing too bad for about 45 minutes I also know that I started really well and then quite quickly sort of went into a bit of a slump a bit like Watford yeah, well you got 8 out of
1: 19 correct in terms of win lose or draw Mike do you want to guess how many points Jason thinks we're on Jason thinks we're on a healthy 32 points <laughs> no 23 oh, he yeah, had oh, 23 had so we are above where Jason predicted so 8 out of 19 but we are halfway through what we you know you this season we, we've seen 5 out of the top 6 play here we've only got one more to visit and that's Arsenal in the second half of the season but Mike, when we went through Jason's predictions uh, over the summer, you were, said you'd be buoyant for most of the season because we beat Burnley away. We beat Burnley away.
4: Are you still buoyant because of that result? Uh, I think I am. We've got Newcastle <laughs> on the horizon. We win, we win that. And this is, this is a real good real good 2018. Yeah. But you said, though, that was going to be
1: the game for you. Was that the game for you? Or was there another game that you think has been so far the, the, the massive turning point for us
4: I I think that Burnley result was very, very important. I mean, Burnley are obviously having a terrible season, but our record at Turf Moor is absolutely appalling. I maintain that our start, it's easy, halfway through the season to sort of rest on our laurels, 27 points, beaten Tottenham, had a great performance away at West Ham last week, blah, blah, blah. Those early games are absolutely vital. If you don't get points on the board quickly in this division, it is a long old season. So I think we that gave us confidence. We set our stall out, gave us belief as supporters. It made me realise that I wasn't completely mad driving all the way up there on my own to watch uh, to watch Watford away. So yes, I think that was. I think it's so important. One of the that's a, a definite highlight of the season so far for me big most important game for
1: you Colin that so far this season could it be that could be the, the the home win against Tottenham could it be
2: uh, an away win do you think i think it was the away win against wolves we won. We won four games in a row. Then we, we'd had a bit of a blip. We got one point from the next four games, which was a draw at Fulham and lost three, including the debacle uh, against, uh, I believe, they're now officially known as Eddie Howe and his bunch of charlatans. Um, uh, and then to go up to Wolves, who were having a great start to the season and were being, you know, the new darlings of the Premier League, and to get a win against them, and then to follow up with a win against Huddersfield, I think that that slightly gave us a bit more confidence again. Like we were in a blip, and then suddenly was we like, oh, okay, 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 Harvey's on it. We're good. Then we've had a bit more of a blip and then we've come back and we've had a draw at Everton and two wins on the trot. And tonight, you know, we were in this game right up to the end. So I think we should feel confident about the second half of the season. The trouble is, I mean, we've got to play five of the top six away from home. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, but we've got to Um, play a lot of the bottom teams at home. We have, we have. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that unlike previous years, and and I think we can sense it, that Javi's got them, set up with a a good spirit and confidence and belief and a togetherness that we can have a decent second half of the season if we can repeat the first half of the season we'll have 54 points and that's a lot of points and that might well get us into a you know in top half finish we may even be able to do a bit better than that i I just think i I feel really happy watching this team I, i like the togetherness i like the players we've got i like the mixture of a lot of West Ham fans were saying after the game on if you looked at the online threads about oh horrible Watford they're so physical they just all they do is kick us around on them it's, it's, it's absolute nonsense because what we've got is a fantastic mixture of of tough committed. Uh, senior pros but we've also got some fantastically skillful players so we've got this perfect mix of somewhat of a battering ram like success or Dini and then we've got Pereira and Dela and you've got Decore who is he's not a physical player no. right? he doesn't make many sort of tough horrible tackles you think oh blimey have what have done there you know he's a skillful player wants the ball gives it finds space gets it back gives it again finds more space gives it again and, th- and this is why I think we're doing well is because we've got this perfect balance between everyone's committed but we've got players are really uh, of skill and we've got some other players who are up for the fight uh, including Kapu never thought I'd say that and, uh, and, <laughs> especially at this time of year uh, and, and, and I thought well, he was excellent today Very good. he really really needs to get the credit for the, the kind of commitment and, uh, and physical effort that he's putting in every week uh, he's obviously had his three games off and he was a li- probably a little bit concerned. He's looking Ooh. at Domingo's screen again. Mm, the lad's pretty good. He's playing quite well with the call, right? And he's come back with a with a real attitude to do well. And I think we've got this We've got a really nice balance in the side, apart from obviously poor old Ken, who, uh, which is odd because we've got two inverted wingers. We've got Pereira, who's a right footed player on the left, and we've got a left footed player on the right. But it works for Pereira and absolutely doesn't work for Ken. <laughs> and they swapped over. I don't know if you noticed in the first yeah. half, they swapped over at one point. I don't know if it was from a corner or something, and, and Ken was on the left. And he said, Oh, I'm on the left, I'm on the left. Give me the Ball, the ball. <laughs> and then Pereira just wandered across him yeah. so yeah I feel, I, I feel like we've got a good squad um, some of the additions have been uh, like Wilmot and Queener, who we've seen a bit of and Messina we've got, we've got a deep squad and that will help us uh, get through the second half of the season and maybe we'll have one or two additions to look forward to as well
1: Jason would you like to go back and redo your predictions for the second half or do you think you're going to stick with your guns
3: Let's stick with it. Okay. You'd never, never change your first answer. It's, it's a well, <laughs> well-known mantra in quizzes.
1: Uh, but how do you feel, you know, if we're really being you know, very Mike about this, we are four wins away from safety. Um, that seems more than doable with maybe one on
3: Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the Newcastle game is winnable. They've rested a few players today. They sort of given up on the Liverpool game before kickoff, um, And so they, I mean, we say this all the time, they can look at this game and go, right, out of the two games, this is the one we can try and we're going to try and win. Because even with the, the, the win against Cardiff, we had a bit of a wobble towards the end. So might have looked to that and gone, if we can get a Watford then, who knows, that's, that's the chance where we can pick up points.
4: And isn't that, isn't that telling? Isn't that telling that Newcastle United, this supposed giant of, of English football, is giving up? On Premier League fixtures. You wouldn't find what for doing that this season. And I think that's that's all power to it, and I think it, it does come down to that team spirit that and I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna put it, yes, the players deserve credit, they're working hard for each other, but I think Javi Gracia, we've said it, we'll say it again, deserves an incredible amount of credit for getting the best out of these players, keeping them tight, keeping them competitive, and he's a nice bloke as well. You know, you I to noticed today. Sarri was chewing his blooming nicotine gum at a rate of <laughs> 16 million a minute, I think. How he ever gets to sleep at night, I'll never know. Whatever course. <laughs> Around his coursing around his blood, but he's out of his technical area all the time. Ten paces down, he's down. Whatever, gesticulating all over the place. But he's out. Spent half the time out times in technical box. Javi Gratier took a step accidentally outside his technical box straight away turned to the fourth official and apologised sorry for transgressing outside, <laughs> outside my technical area what a blooming lovely guy and I mean I think that that earns Watford a lot of credit a lot of there's nothing wrong with having a nice guy in charge of your football club so all power to have it I think the way he's um, conducted himself in press conferences this year has been absolutely magnificent You know, we've talked about penalties and some decisions that haven't gone our way he hasn't risen to the bait and he said that the one line I think it was against Liverpool wasn't it? he said it's a the refs have a very very difficult job so I'm going to talk about my team and I think that's incredibly admirable leave it to the fans to moan about the refs cocking it up um, and and he can keep it there at the fans
1: forum though Scott Ducks we did say Scott and Filippo Giraldi they have meetings with the uh, referees manager uh, once a week they've said they want to make sure that Javi has those good relationships Mm -hmm. for when possible penalties come up that don't happen they are there to moan and to to Pick apart and to be the the bad mouthers uh, for, for the club, but Newcastle, Mike, you happy? You ready?
4: Always ready. How we lads? I think. <laughs> look, we just we know what we need to do. We we've done this dance. So are you ready to, to uh, blend in with your accent? Aye, why I bet? Why I We know what we need to do. It's not rocket science. Newcastle are going to come. They'll expect to 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 beat us, regardless of where we are in the league and where they are in the league. We're a better side than then, let's just get it done. I think if we can get that done, we cl- we finished 2018 on what, 30 points, just over halfway, iron up 60 points for the
2: season, <laughs> eh? I think the irony is that we may see a Watford side with the, where a couple of players are rested because the Bournemouth game uh, four days oh, later yeah. is it, a tougher game. Yeah. So we might see Queen a start, we might see Cleverly get a start. He didn't come on tonight, and that made me think, mm, has, he got, has he got that game? In his mind, for Tom, we might we might uh, see Isaac start instead of Troy. You know, uh, so so he might just just slowly rotate for the game four days after a game that we've just played and played another one four days before it. Uh, and that, that, I think that means we're in pretty we're in, we're in good health. And I think Newcastle will, yes, they will certainly be targeting this as a game that they, they want to get something from. But this is a hard place to come to. It's definitely a hard place to come to.
1: And they will be coming here in a few days' time. Thank you very much for listening to a slightly shorter from the Rickerind. But we'll be back again with other podcasts on Saturday after the Watford take on the Geordies from up north. Come on, you horns!